This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Chris Bodily, also known as Hat Robot, creates art that can be scary, funny, and thoughtful all at once. In 2019, he released book one of his graphic novel, Black Lantern, which is a dark comedy mystery about a team of paranormal investigators. And book two of Black Lantern just dropped a couple of months ago. You know, I've, I've drawn my whole life. It was just something that, you know, <laughs> you're not very good in grade school, but if you're a little bit better than all the other kids, then you stick with it. Uh-huh. So um, it's it's kind of just been something that I've been doing my whole life. Was it pretty much as soon as you were getting out of college that you thought you were going to do it full time? Like, was that kind of the idea right from the beginning? I've always kind of had art as a supplemental income, you know, like, so when I was in high school, I made a comic zine that I would sell to my friends and things like that. And I, you know, make a little money on the side there. And then when I went to to school, then I did like uh, political cartoons for the paper and, um, you know, a handful of, of, of commissions and things like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to be a professional artist, right? Like art wasn't just uh, a vocational choice. It was, you know, it, it kind of reflected my identity. And I figured, you know, I'm, I live once, I might as well be an artist because that's what I'm best at. That's what I'm most passionate about. And for a long time, I didn't know actually how one did that, right? How you made a living doing art. Um, but I've, I've been really lucky to have some, some opportunities along the way that kind of set things up for me in, in a way that I've been, I've been lucky to do this pretty much my, my entire professional career. So, yeah. Well, so, so how does it start out? Like, is it just, you start creating as much stuff as you can trying to build a portfolio? Is it that kind of thing? If, if, if you're serious about being an artist, you, you need to constantly be creating, right? You know, I would just, I would just draw these things and create these things and then just they'd sit on my computer, they'd sit in a pile of, of paper. Uh, then when I came across the Hive Gallery, um, you know, I, I submitted five pieces to them. They said, okay, we'll, we'll see how they do. They sold out really quickly and they said, what else do you have? And at that point, I had 15 years worth of work that I was just sitting on. And so I was able to say, hey, I've got all this, all this work. So the Hive Gallery actually kind of picked me up and then they started doing the festivals. They had a brick and mortar in the, in the Leighton Hills Mall. Right. Um, but then they said, well, you know, like there's, there's more traffic at these festivals and things like that. And my, my work was portable because it was all prints and things like that, which is nice because you could transport it easily without, you know, if a print gets, gets damaged, it's not a huge loss or something like that. And so for a while, the Hive Gallery was just taking my work around. And that's really kind of where, where it took off for me is I was I was gaining no, notoriety from people seeing my work at these festivals and things like that. So I do, you know, posters for bands and uh, children's books and comic books. Um, I'm working on a project right now for a movie called Hellskate. It's a, it's yeah, a little comic for them. Yeah. It's a Sana Foley, right? Yeah, Sana yeah. Foley. She's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then the other part is just doing those festivals and, you know, doing my graphic novels and selling selling the artwork and the merchandise that goes with that. How do you end up like building a market for commissions? <laughs> More than anything, it was just persistence, right? So, you know, back in the days of MySpace, you know, I, I had a free account and I would just post, uh, I'd draw something, post it on, online and have 15 of my friends say, oh, that looks great, right? Uh-huh. So just over time, I used, 
I use free social media to just kind of get my name out there and have people become familiar with my work and things like that. And, um, it, I, you know, like around the same time that the Hive Gallery picked me up, um, you know, I, I was using this site called Society6 where it's like print on demand. Uh-huh. And I was making like an extra 200 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, but some Taiwanese pop girl magazine called News News, they, they – took a whole bunch of my images and ran a story about it, right? And, uh, like, overnight, I had 20,000, you know, Taiwanese teenage girls that started following my work, right? And so, you know, weird, weird kind of things like that, you know, like, um, and I started an Instagram, and I was just posting things there, and then uh, Chris Brown followed me for some (laughs) stupid reason. And, uh, so then like, he's got like a million followers. So people who follow Chris Brown started following me just because Chris Brown followed me. And so I I don't think that there's any one path. It's not like I could say, okay, here's, here's the steps that you do to get there. Right. I think more than anything, it just, uh, consistency, right. Always working on your craft. And then when those opportunities open up, you just got to grab them, right. Yeah. You've got to be ready in a place that you can kind of pursue that. So how was like the digital print market supposed to work? Like I looked you up on DeviantArt and you had some stuff that was like, I, I mean, it looked like it was maybe 2013. Oh, so it's a bit old, old, old but yeah. I loved this one. You got this one of it. I think it's like a devil with like a, a mask on. And then he's, so it looks like, like a little devil, like trying to look sophisticated or like, you know, and I dig it. I think it's so cool. I, I, I didn't even remember I had a DeviantArt. Well, see, there's plenty of ways to approach it, right? Like there's some people that they're, they're just Instagram stars, right? Uh-huh. Uh, like my friend Tragic, that that's what she does. She's got a huge following and then she just makes t-shirts and things like that. And then she just kind of sells it through her Instagram. But like, I kind of, um... I kind of had a really unhealthy relationship with, with social media for a while. Like, you know, I felt like, Oh, this is, this is my job. This is how I got to put put myself out there. And then if you make a post and you don't get the number of followers, then you think that you're a loser, Uh the the artwork is bad or things like that. And then when I took a step back and said, you know what, I'm I'll, I'll post sometimes if I care, but like, I'm not going to be tied to my social media anymore. I thought that like, my career was going to crumble, but really, um, it, stepping away was actually a lot better for me, right? Because, you know, it, people still knew who I was and things like that. But, you know, when you're creating content for Instagram, people are seeing your work, they, they digest it instantly, and then they move on, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the model that worked for that's working for me is that instead I just kind of pulled away and I just take my time to build the projects. So Black Lantern, I've I've been working on for six years and I'm Mm. still working on the series. It's probably going to be four books altogether. So I used to just take any project, any, you know, like it was, it was this hustle of saying like, look at me, look at me do this. Right. And, and, you know, if somebody said, Hey, will you do a picture of my, my cat wearing Ugg boots? Uh Yeah, totally. You know, and, and I would take every job, but when you're working that way, I found that I was always trying to fill somebody else's creative endeavors. Right. And I wasn't really focused on my own. Right. So for me right now, you know, I I turn down significantly more commissions than than I than I accept, right? Mm-hmm. But but that's nice because 
you know, I can choose the projects that really fit the type of work that I want to do. And ultimately, it's making me stronger as an artist. And there's so much work of mine out there that I've done for people that I'm not really proud of. I don't really, I mean, not, not, not proud of it, but like. Right, it's like, you, you know, it, you did it 15 years ago or something. Yeah, or, you know, the subject matter, or th- they want a certain color scheme that you're like, well, this doesn't really. Oh, sure, you're just giving you know. them what they want. Yeah. So, so when you're working for yourself, um, then you, you get to make all those choices, right? And so your work can be a little bit more autobiographical. It can reflect who you are. And I find that it's not about making work that everybody's going to love. It's, it's more about creating the type of work that you're excited about uh-huh. and then finding the people that, that that resonates for. And I don't, I don't mail out a lot of prints, you yeah. know, like I feel like if I'm going to pay to, to sit at a booth at a Comic-Con, then like I want that to be the event that people come and buy stuff from me. Right. So like, you know, if, if they come up to me at, at, a, at an art festival and say, Hey, can I buy your stuff online? No, not really because I'm here now and you could buy the stuff now. <laughs> so, and also like I've, I've had so many problems of like, you put something in an envelope and then it gets donked in somebody's mailbox. So yeah. I'm, I mostly just kind of sell, sell prints, at places that I'm going to go sell prints. Right. So with Black Lantern, you do all of it, right? You do the writing, you do the the illustrating. So was the writing kind of always something you wanted to do, or was that kind of a skill you had to develop when you decided you wanted to kind of make this original work? Um, well, so, so one, I, I, I need to say up front that my, my wife is an excellent writer. And so she collaborates with me a lot and, you know, uh, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's like it, we conflict on, on a lot of things because she's very organized. She likes to kind of plan things out. She's a designer by trade. And so she kind of, kind of likes to have a, a, a clear picture of where things are going to go. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an improviser. And so I, I, I like making things up. I like making decisions on the fly. And so, um, so, you know, like a lot of the writing is kind of a, a juxtaposition of that, of, of me, you know, throwing these ideas out and then her saying, okay, well, well, where are you going to take these ideas? Right. And so, um, but I, I did, you know, I was into writing, um, you know, not as, as much as the drawing, but, um, uh, when I was, when I was 13, I came across, um, Chris Ware, uh, he, he wrote, um, Acme Novelty Library and Jimmy Corrigan, the smartest boy on earth. And he was doing things with, um, with the comic narrative that I had never seen before. Right. You know, like when you read a book, right, there's a a way that you have to move through that information, right? You start in the upper left-hand corner and then you, you read the words and it kind of creates this, this image in your head. Whereas, uh, an illustration, you look at it and you can kind of um, it's, it's, it's more of a composition, right? So, um, you're looking for the focal points and the flow of, uh, you're, you're composing the, the negative space and all that. Mm. Whereas comics are kind of a juxtaposition of the two things, right? So we have images that are working like words and words that are look, working like images. And so you can do a lot of interesting things with those, right? Like visual rhyme or visual alliteration or oh. a visual acrostic or, um, there's uh, there's this, this artist uh, Gustav Vierbeek. He was, uh, you know, he's not around anymore. But uh-huh. uh, he was doing these comics where you could read it through, turn it upside down, and then read the comic 
and finish the comic upside down. So really? all the images would become different images, right? So wow. the bird attacking the 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 boat would turn into a fish overturning yeah. the boat or what you know things yeah. like that or you know there's uh some choose your own adventure comics there's one called meanwhile where you read through and you make a choice and then you turn to the page so there's a lot of really interesting potential that that you can do with comics that i don't think you can do with any other medium right uh-huh. so when did you get to the point with black lantern that you decided you were going to actually publish it like and and how much of the arc of the story did you feel like you had to know before you were ready to invest Mm. well you know like when i had a snippet of the story i i figured well this is probably something that i can turn into a product that i can sell right but really i just kept writing on it and then it got got bigger than i wanted it to get so when it came to printing the first book i was like well i've got too many if i just keep writing on this then it's going to be too big of a book to print uh, affordably, right? Like, I, it'd be a fifty-dollar graphic novel. And uh-huh. Who's going to, you know? So, uh, so I, I just kind of cut it off at at the first two hundred and fifty pages, and then kept working on it after that. How did you like? How did you publish it? How did you go about? Like, like fun, did you self fund it? Yeah. So, um, I I did a Kickstarter, right? And um, something that that's nice about Kickstarter is it's an all or nothing kind of fund there there's different there's different crowdfunding sites like that right um and it's an all or nothing prospect so i i thought this is this is how much it would cost me to print the book make it look professional and look good if i don't make that money then i can do it as an online comic or i could make prints of it or whatever i don't know so i did the kickstarter and just had people from my instagram and and facebook coming back me and 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 that way i i kind of knew what the interest was for the book if Mm -hmm. if people were interested in reading it or not so the the first kickstarter i think the goal was thirteen thousand, and we we ended up doing twenty thousand on that and this the same one on this this second one uh the goal was like 15,000 and then I think we came out at 21,000. And so since you'd already built a pretty good online following by that time, was it was there a lot of effort you had to put into it? Um you know, like I didn't buy ads or anything like that, but yeah. you know, like I did really kind of try and do my research and and figure out what makes a good campaign and things like that. I had mm. my friend uh Antonio Lesoro, uh he he came and did um a, a video for me a nice professional video looking uh and then i really pushed the first 24 hours so that you know kickstarter would pick me up as a project that they liked and 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 then I, I i went to any of my friends that are a little bit famous and i said hey i'm doing this thing can you help me out here can you just mm-hmm. tell tell your friends so you know i know a lot of people f- through improv and through art that have a lot more sway than me and so kind of calling in that favor yeah but really so my instagram i've got like twenty thousand followers or something like that but really uh as far as backers it was like 400 people that back the project Mm. and so um it doesn't take a ton of people it just takes people that are interested in what you're doing does the local community play into what you're doing really at all or is it yeah i mean i i i love ogden i i I like that ogden is is small enough that i can get around and there's not terrible traffic or things Mm. like that you know but it's big enough that there's things to do there's restaurants i can eat at and things like that yeah and i think we've got a really good um kind of little lowbrow art community here and so you know people around here have been hugely supportive you know 
you get to be a little bit of a hometown hero and and you know people uh, they say oh this 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 person's doing something with his artwork you know we can get behind that yeah. and things like that and so i i love ogden <laughs> i you know so you, you aren't from here originally, right? You're no, from... I, I grew up in Sandy, Utah, and then I went to school in southern Utah. So I lived in Cedar City for, for quite some time, right? But you've been here 15 years? Um, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, like I see art coming up in Ogden, and I see, you know, Nine Rails and Ogden Contemporary Art. And sometimes I'm curious, like, how much that involves local artists. So, like, as somebody who's been here doing art, how much have you felt like these things we're trying to do include you or include local artists? You know, even if there's not specific opportunities in, um, in like the big projects that the city are doing, yeah. right? I think it helps cultivate an atmosphere that says, hey, we're, we are a place for artists, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, and I think there's room for all different types of art within that, right? There's, there's kind of the highbrow kind of painterly, yeah. the, you know, people, and then the lowbrow people can kind of come in and find their niche. And, yeah. and so I think I, I love doing the gallery strolls. I love yeah. kind of seeing the other people that are, that are out there doing the type of things that, that I want, want to do. And I think, I think it, it feeds each other, right. You know, like in doing black lantern, you know, like I've had a handful of people come up to me and say, that's really cool. I want to make a comic too. Right. Yeah. And so the, they'll come and ask for input or advice or things like that. But, you know, I think when, when one person is doing something over here, then it helps other people feel empowered to kind of do projects over here. Yeah. You know? So are you still doing booths, um, farmer's markets or art festivals and stuff? Yeah, I, I do a lot less these days, but um, I usually do uh, the Utah Arts Festival is a, is a good one. Um, Craft Lake City is a great one. Um, yeah. And the Ogden Arts Festival I, I love, right? Yeah. Like, um, again, you know, it's it's close to home and I get to see all my friends and the people I know and things like that. But I, I would say for, you know, if there's young aspiring artists, right, that's a really great way to kind of get your foot in the door and after a after that it's just just having something that you can monetize right so for for years for me it was prints but uh now i've got my graphic novel and i can i can do merchandise that goes with the graphic novel what is hat robot is that like a <laughs> is it like a brand or like an artist name uh, kind of i don't know so uh <laughs> um when when i was in high school i i had a comic zine called hat uh-huh. And I named it Hat because um, because it was arbitrary, right? Like the, the the thing about like a name of anything, right, is like the name itself doesn't have meaning, right? Right. It, it gains its meaning because of of what it becomes, right? You know, like the name Einstein didn't mean anything until Albert Einstein did all the things that he did, right? Uh-huh. So my, that was the way I took it: is saying taking something arbitrary like hat robot, yeah, and just saying this is something that doesn't mean something, yeah, and I can give it meaning by my illustration, right? So that's kind of like my professional yeah. artist name, or you know, it's kind of a. <laughs> You know, it is what it is, right? Like, you look at the big people in the industry, like Loish, right? Like, her name is Lois, but, like, Loish is, it doesn't mean anything as a uh-huh. word, but it's its her artwork, right? Uh-huh. Also, uh, my name is Chris Bodley. So if you Google Chris Bodley, you're going to find articles about... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. You're not going to find what you, what you want to do. <laughs> but, um, but Hat Robot, uh-huh. you'll find me. Right? Well, and I don't know if anybody else has ever said this, but to, 
ever since I first read it, to me, it's Hatrobot, like sort of like, I don't know, Swank Motron or whatever. Like, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> that works for me. That works for me. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it sticks in my head that way. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, you don't do improv anymore? Uh, no, um, I don't know. I'm getting older and improv really served a lot of purposes for me at the time. Right. Uh Um, it really influenced the way I think about artwork. Right. Um, I met my wife through improv. Mm. Um, and a lot of my, my good friends I, I met through improv, but, um, it's one of those things where you're, it's art by committee, right? You're, you're creating things with other people. And a lot of times, uh, politics as far as like, well, you know, like we got a good thing going. Let's let's turn it into a business, or let's do this with it, and this, yeah. and, and like that exterior stuff becomes septic really fast. And and for a while, I took over the troupe. Right, I was I was kind of the artistic director for the troupe, mm-hmm. and I I feel like I just got so burnt out trying to trying to balance the business side of improv that. Yeah. I, I wasn't enjoying doing improv anymore. Yeah. And when I started improv, it was, it was, you know, I, I started down in Cedar city with, uh, off the cuff and, um, we were performing at a little, the, the crystal Inn hotel down there. Mm-hmm. And we would have shows where 400 people would show up for the show and it was great. But then by the end, you know, we would do a show and you'd have, you know, my wife's mom in the audience. And, you know, for a while, it was kind of this fresh new thing that college kids were, were discovering it and things like that. And I just think, I don't know. I know there's still people out there doing improv, but I don't know. It's, it's changed for me. Yeah. So how long has it been since you, since, since book two of black lantern has been out? Uh, it, it, I just got the books like the other day, right? Oh. I'm still in the process of mailing it to my Kickstarter backers. Yeah. So, um, so really that, that copy that I'm, I'm giving you is like the second copy that anybody has. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's, it's kind of a new, uh, it's, it's brand new and I, I hope people like it. Right. You know, like, uh, I, I said that with the first one, I'm, I'm like, I hope people like this. And then, you know, people, <laughs> People liked it. People liked it, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I feel like the second book is a lot more, um, it's a little bit more personal for uh-huh. me. Um, I feel like, kind of like the the Life of Pi. Did you ever read that book? Uh-huh. You know, like uh, you go through and it's the story of these animals on a boat and things like that. And then, you know, at the end you kind of, re- they reveal that it's, there's, there's some deeper meaning to that. Right. And so... Um, with the second, you know, the first book is just kind of this fun little supernatural romp and things like that. Whereas with the second book, I, I kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and, and kind of ex- explain kind of why I'm making the story that I'm making. Mm. Right. And, uh, with that, you know, like you, you have to have a little bit of vulnerability, right. And when you're vulnerable, you can get wounded, right? So you know, if it's just a, a fun story about these 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 monsters, then you know, if somebody doesn't like it, they don't like it, yeah, right? Um, so you know, with this second book, I just you know, uh, I, I hope that I hope that people still follow me on this ride because yeah. um, you know, there's there's a little bit more of there's a little bit more of me in it. Yeah. Well, and you do have to kind of now, I assume this is where you kind of have to start 
seeing it as a big picture and kind of coming up with where it's going to go in the long term. Yeah. And so yeah. you do feel like you have that pretty well at least mapped out, outlined. Yeah. So, um, so I, I figure to tell the story that I want to tell with Black Lantern, I'm going to need two more books after this. So four books in total. So, um, you know, the, the first, the first book kind of sets up the characters, kind of the world that we're playing in kind of the, the, the physics rules that we're, we're playing with. The second book is kind of, um, you know, the, this book is kind of, uh, kind of explaining kind of the, the meaning and, and things like that. The third book is, is my big time travel because I love time travel and I always wanted to do a time travel book. So there's a lot of time travel in, in the third book. And then the fourth book is kind of bringing it all together and just kind of, um, you know, the big the big denouement or whatever. Yeah. So. And, and do you find that that's messing with you? Like with your, your philosophy of keep your eyes on the path. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it did, you know, like, um, and, and I think, especially when I was getting towards the end of book two, uh-huh. you know, it's easy to get into my head and kind of yeah. lose sight. And then, you know, like, um, like I'm always saying is like, it doesn't matter if it's successful or not. Right. That that's how I get the work done. But then like when you're making, you know, 1500 copies of the book, then it better do well. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it gets me in my head, but then like, if, if, if I'm in my head, I just need to take a step back. You know, sometimes I just do some doodles that don't have, uh, you know, going back to Chris Ware, right. Uh, he, he was working on, um, uh, on uh jimmy corgan's smartest boy on earth and it's a it's a big graphic novel but then like he would get to a certain point and then he just use his character and then make uh acme novelty library these kind of one-off little comics and then he'd release those comics so then he could just kind of play and then it it didn't matter he could kind of play with some different concepts it didn't have to be so serious and things mm-hmm. like that and so if ever i'm getting in my head i just step back and i say i'm gonna draw something else for a, yeah. for a little bit and um you know, right now I'm working on, uh, like I said, this project for Sonifoli, mm. uh, Hellskate. And so, you know, it allows me to practice my comic writing chops. And especially with, with the iPad, I'm, I'm kind of changing my workflow, how I kind of approach it. Oh. And so um, I can kind of be in that same mode, but I can take a breather after re- releasing a book two and kind of figure out how I want to do this, this book three and make it, make it the book that I want to, I want to mm. make it. So do you think that a lot of the stuff you do going forward is going to have a narrative? Like, is that kind of taken hold of you? I, I love it. I, I love And it, it's weird because I, I don't know that comics are received as well as just art, right? Mm. Like you can, you can do a piece of artwork and then people, people love it. And then you put a word bubble and they're like, Oh, okay, that's comics. That's kid stuff. Right. <laughs> so like really the, the, my graphic novels are like, 250 pages of my artwork right but like somehow it's viewed as like oh i don't i don't read comics right (laughs) like i love your artwork but right (laughs) you know so um take that panel and print it for me (laughs) yeah right um so it it is it is kind of strange in that way but i feel like like i said you know like comics were always the medium that i wanted to go into Mm -hmm. right i i think it's so much more fulfilling a, a graphic narrative like this it extends out beyond the picture plane right like you can 
create worlds. And one of the fun things about it is like kids sending me fan art of the characters or people sending me cosplay photos. And, you know, like my characters can take root in somebody else's head and kind of create a new, new narrative. And I didn't, I didn't experience that in the same way when I was just doing illustration, right? People would say, oh, I love this. This resonates with me and things like that. But, you know, like you think about any artwork that, that you, you look at, right? Like even the, your favorite piece of artwork, how, how much of your time have you spent looking at it? Right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe, you know, like, minutes right uh-huh. uh, even your favorite piece probably minutes of your time that that you've actually uh-huh. interacted with it uh-huh. right not to say that you don't remember it or that it isn't meaningful but with a with a story right you know like uh, you, you you read a book and um you you kind of take those elements and you apply it to your own life and you can kind of see yourself through these characters and you can it becomes it becomes something new, and I I don't I don't know that I would ever jump over and be a writer because I'm really slow at typing, <laughs> right? Um, but comics allow me to play to my skill set as an as an illustrator, but really kind of present something new in a new way. So mm. I I love it. After after Black Lantern is finished, I hope to do more projects with my wife um, and do something new, kind of maybe something that looks and feels different um, that we can kind of explore in, in different ways. But I'm, I'm a comics guy. This is, yeah. this is what I wanted to do. And independent comics. Like I'm, I, I don't have, you know, obviously if, if Marvel or DC wanted to buy me out, I'd, you know, fine. Right. But like, but really that's not the end goal. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, as, as long as I'm able to provide for my family, I'm, I'm able to do the things that I enjoy. Right. Um, it it doesn't have to be for everybody, but as this this affords me the life that I always wanted to have, yeah. and so I'm I'm gonna keep doing it as long as I can. So where can people get a copy of Black Lantern? Um, uh, I gotta I gotta <laughs> fill my Kickstarter first, but then uh, I've got a a big cartel shop and and it'll be available through the big cartel. There'll probably be some copies locally through heebie-jeebies or here at the library. I'm, I'm, I, I usually do the, the events. I'll be at the Ogden Arts Festival and Craft Lake City and all, all those shows and things like that. And then if people want you know, to talk to me in person, they can. There's ways to buy and it. And that's so. uh, also the best place to go as far as getting like a print of, of one of your... Yeah, uh, you know, that's the best way to find my work is, yeah. you know, in person. I, I tried some print-on-demand and stuff like that, but, like, the overhead, it, you know, like, you can offer a mug through Society6, but, like, $9 of that mug goes to Society6, and then yeah. you get a buck. So, like, whenever whenever I use sites like that, I just thought of it as an extension of social media, right? Just, like, getting getting people's eyes on my work and things like that, networking. I feel like, to some degree, um, I, I've been able to make a living doing these things without all of the the bells and whistles and having t-shirts and things like that and so like i'm getting old right yeah. <laughs> like i don't know if if more than just kind of perpetually running this machine i want to just uh really invest in in creating some some bigger pieces right yeah um yeah. so Black Lantern as a book, as as a piece, you know, it took three years for each of the books, but I think that it's something something to show for it, yeah. as opposed to, um, you know, there's a lot about just churning out prints and buttons and stickers that feels a little bit disposable. Yeah. But like, also, 
I think about recently um, Kim Jung Gi. He's 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 one of my favorites. He was a huge influence on my work. Um, he does kind of this kind of automatic drawing where he just kind of draws from his memory and creates this big elaborate kind of pieces. And he passed away. Uh, he had a heart attack just you know like last month or something like that. Oh. And you see something like this, this, this guy that was at the top of his field doing the type, type of work that he wanted to do and, you know, like makes you reflect on your own mortality and like, well, what am I leaving behind? Right. Yeah. Am I leaving behind this pile of like Dr. Who fan art or, or what am I making with my art? Like right. what, what are people going to remember me for? Huh. And so I think I'm in the phase of my life in which I want to make the things that when people think of me after I'm gone, what do they think of me? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if people want to follow you, uh, Instagram, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, um, hat robot everywhere. Yeah. Hat robot. I've got a, a my big cartel shop is uh, hat robot. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate oh, it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Cool.